Welcome to the Farcast here at Shadron State College. I'm Daniel Bingard with my co-host Alex Helmbrecht, and we're here today talking to Todd Bowman, our maintenance manager here at CSC. And Todd, well, you've been a familiar face here at the college for uh, quite a long time. Uh, can you tell us how long have you worked here, number one, and uh, what are your duties as the maintenance manager? Well, I think uh, starting coming July 6th, I'll be starting in my 21st year here at Shadron State. Um, boy, maintenance manager duties. Wow, where do you start? Is it just um, a, a sheet that says other duties as assigned and that's that? That pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Job um, geez, I mean, anywhere from calling for your services on your elevators, uh, you know, overseeing the boiler house, um, taking care of the fleet cars up there, distributing out the work orders, determining what can be done, what can't be done, um, roof repairs. I mean, it's just, like you said, uh, the late night phone calls. I got one the other night at about midnight. And it was from the boiler house, and I thought, oh, my God, it snowed. And I didn't think it was supposed to because I always get a call at 4 a.m. for snow removal. And it was actually midnight, and it was we had a ballast burning up over in, in high-rise and smelled smoke. So mm. it can be about anything, really. Oh, yeah. What, what's, the, what's the shift like? Because you, you just said you got to call at midnight, you get calls at 4 a.m. What, what's... Uh, I, I, and knowing working with you because I send out the snow announcements and different things like that, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a normal, it's not an eight to five. Well, generally, majority of the time, there is. I mean, it's a 7.30 to 4.30 with an hour for lunch, which isn't, you know, but again, during the winter time with the grounds crew, uh, I usually get up about 3.30 and then kind of determine and the boiler house will call, which also helps make sure I get out of bed to make the determination we call, uh, show up at 4.30 and, you know, if it's bad, usually by 6 o'clock I'm in conference with somebody, whether it be Harry, the director of facilities, or President Ryan or whatever. What do we think? How do we look? You know, and that type of stuff, and then make a determination, which leads back to you there, yeah. Alex. <laughs> One of Todd's best duties uh, is when a, if there's a, an electrical outage in the substation over there on the west side of campus, if Alex gets too close to it, Todd tells him to back up, <laughs> <laughs> which has happened a couple times. Well, and, you know, like that, when you talk about stuff that's out of the blue, um, when we had that eight-hour power outage, you know, and, of course, everybody thinks in a normal house, the power comes back on and everything's kind of normal. Around here, you got to go around to the mechanical rooms, make sure pumps start back up and all that kind of stuff, you know, like a, if you get bad, super bad cold and the pumps, the circulating pumps don't start back up in high rise, you can start to freeze all that heating water, or, you know, and so, yeah, it's, or if you get what they call a brownout, where it just kind of phases in and out, it'll take motors out and stuff too, if they don't have the proper protection on them. So yeah, it's, it can be a real mess. Yeah, no doubt. So Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to college? Stuff like that. Well, born and raised here in Shadron. Um, Graduated high school here in 1987, came to Shatter State for a couple years, went to the University of Nebraska for a year, and then came back here for a little bit, and then kind of got sidetracked. I originally wanted to be a, oh, like a forest ranger with the U.S. Forest Service. And uh, back in those days, and kind of some discussions, I was probably, in what I wanted to go into, I was looking at a master's, or if not a doctorate, and that just doesn't quite mix with me. So that was kind of where I veered and went a different direction. And 
I don't know, did a bunch of various different jobs. Uh, used to drill irrigation wells and um, came up here. And then I was a farm equipment mechanic and ran the service department for Modern Farm when I was here in Shadron. And it was a good job, but just never home enough. And my wife said, it's time to find something where you can be home a little more. And she said, at that time, just find something with insurance. And I ended up up here as a groundskeeper and kind of, that's, I never kind of figured staying on that long when I showed up, but sure have and enjoyed it. So I don't really plan on going anywhere if I don't have to. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you've obviously seen a lot of changes over the years here at the college. Um, can you tell us what, what kind of stands out to you for major changes or the, the way we work on things and that kind of thing? Well, you know, I, you know, maintenance has come so far. It's just like even like our HVAC used to be turning valves, which, you know, like here in Kreitz Hall is a lot of the older systems. You know, now some of the new stuff, everything is computer controlled. Um, so like for our HVAC techs, look at the range of experience they've got to have to be able to deal from rebuilding the old valves and the old buildings to, you know, being able to program, you know, and, you know, just math and science. I will have to say that is something that's really impressive to me because when I started classes up here in 1987, when we started to clean out some of the classrooms over there and get the furniture moved out and stuff, like where Joyce Hardy's classroom was and that, it was like deja vu because I could walk in there and it, I mean, it felt like I was 19 years old again and <laughs> going to class because it kind of goes to show how badly we needed to do that building, oh, you know, yeah. and it's, I can't wait to see when it's done. Yeah, um, that'll be fantastic. I know Daniel's got some photos, some historical photos of like the lecture halls. Yeah, not a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing changed in, in what, 40 years? <laughs> it, it was a time capsule. I, I uh, ended up with one of the work tables as my desk right now here, and uh, it, it's kind of nice to have that little piece of history. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, when I started here, um, I think about the only thing we had for underground sprinkler was just on Dean's Green. So we've added that much, you know. Um, wow. None of the practice fields... You know, and we even did the underground sprinkler for the old football field before we got the turf. So, you know, there was a lot of dragon hoses and sprinkler pipe. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's even even the equipment that we've got. Um, when I first started here, paper supplies, which we'd get like three pallets of copy paper. It used to go in the basement of admin. Well, we never had a piece of equipment heavy enough to lift the entire pallet. So you'd have to unload half the pallet then take the bobcat, take it over to the side of the building, and we'd slide those cases of paper down a board and then restack <laughs> yes. them on two-wheel carts and move them to another room down the hallway. And then you'd go back and restack what you took off. You know, now that's over there in Burkheiser, mm -hmm. and we've, it's basically a hands-off type deal for us, yeah. a guy with a lift gate and a pallet jack. So, And believe me, we appreciate that, yeah, too. Yeah, oh, All the little things, they help. Was that because the, the machine's room was over in all The machine's that? room, and yeah, and, and Cindy kind of did all the, and all your paper orders yeah. went through her, so she kept track of that. But yeah, we didn't have like the telehandler that we've got now. And yeah, it's, you know, that's a, a, a service that I haven't thought about in probably, what, eight years or nine mm -hmm. years ever since CSC kind of discontinued it. But um, 
yeah, you used to have to go over there, and, and if you needed pens or notebooks or whatever, you just get them. Yeah, yeah, it was just like our own little office depot yeah, over was, there. It was kind of a, it was a neat thing, um, but I mean, obviously, as as time has 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 moved on, it's not necessary. You know, the thing that I always kind of associate with change is the connecting sidewalk, because you mentioned math science, is the sidewalk from the east side of the student center over to math science. When I was a student, that was just kind of grass. Yeah. And um, uh, now, I mean, it just it just seems like it's part of the landscape, but it wasn't always the case. No, yeah. uh, to be honest with you, when I started here as a groundskeeper, that was one of my jobs while we were still watering. We had aluminum irrigation pipe. And... Every morning, I'd go and move that, you know, to the next section down and water, you know, all day long there because it wasn't real good dirt. And we'd have to water it to kind of keep it green. But that, until we quit watering every year, that was an every morning job hmm. for me when I first came here. Yeah. Underground sprinklers are nice. I hate moving. <laughs> yeah, As a homeowner, yeah. I hate moving hose. <laughs> uh, Todd, now the, the most burning question of this entire podcast, how do you keep track of all those keys? You're not going to believe this. But if every time I leave my office, if I don't have them on my hip, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> a little it, balance issue. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I might tip over in the wind or something, but it, you know, it's amazing. I've done it long enough. And you, you know, people look at me and I dig through them. And it's funny because you know in your head what building takes what key and what you need. And it's, I, I don't know how I do it. It just, but yeah, if, if I'm, very rarely do I ever leave my office without them on my hip. They just, just doesn't feel right. How many would you would you guess you have? This is like the uh, jelly bean counting game at the fair. Yeah, yeah. 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 If, oh, no, well, no, I mean, no, no cheating. Just gotta feel. <laughs> well, maybe just sprinkle it under the mic. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they, you look at this. There's our campus keys, and then there's the padlocks, lights, elevators. Um, you know, so. I don't know. What would you guess I got on there? Probably 30 keys. Oh, yeah. 35. 35. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I keep joking. If we get many more, I'm going to need suspenders because a belt's not going to do it anymore. Yeah. At all. <laughs> I've been slowly building up to that for CSC live work. I, I've got like a sampling. I don't, yeah, nothing near that many, but it, it, oh, you just kind of get tired of having to deal with all those keys. You do. And of course, you know, I was here. That was another deal when, uh, when we had um, a tour and some master keys got lost and that there were dorm masters on there. So we kind of had to take action and tried to, we had, we ended up recoring all, you know, in all the dorms and that was also West court then too. So mm. um, I think back then, if I remember right, I think just recoring high rise was like $11,000. Oh, so it's, it's a, people don't, it's a lot of responsibility to carry them. Oh, so, sure. yeah. Um, yeah, you can't take it lightly. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so Todd, for some of us, uh, uh, me included, the maintenance building is a bit of a mystery. Can you take us behind the curtain, behind the scenes at the maintenance building, at least a little bit? Well, you know, uh, we've added that web TMA, which helped a lot in keeping track of work orders because we used to do it on a, half sheet carbon copy paper, which things got lost. And it also gives uh, email notification when you request something that's accepted and when it's done, you know, the mail service all comes out of there. Uh, that's something that has changed dramatically. You know, 10 years ago, what we used to pick up on the mail run on campus and then deliver to the post office, 
would be big totes every day. Now you're lucky if you fill a half a tote. Hmm. But on the other hand, where the mail is slacked off, packages have really taken off. I mean, you know, then we had where Shatterstay got rid of the on-site bookstore. And we that that first year, that was quite a shock. When you had the, you know, schools just starting and a, the UPS truck backs up and dumps off 300 packages on one truck for one day. And that usually goes on for about two weeks. And then you also got FedEx there too. So that was kind of a shock to the system. But, you know, uh, all of our fleet vehicles are taken care of out of there that everybody uses to take trips on campus. Uh, you know, you've got the grounds crew, electrician, painter, plumbing, HVAC, carpentry. So, I mean, and Shatter State's really lucky because the group that we have up there is far more talented than what you would just guess as maintenance men. Um, what they can turn their hand to is amazing at times, you know. So it's a, we are right now with the, the people we have, we're able to do more than what I would think a kind of a normal maintenance department can do. And I guess we're pretty lucky to have that in my mm -hmm. opinion, because the more they, do, I mean, what they're able to do makes my job a whole lot easier too. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's one thing that we probably struggle with here and that's whether it's elevators or, you know, like Johnson controls or like our chiller, um, Johnson controls. We had a guy here the other day that absorbs and chiller that we use in the summer for air conditioning. They were only familiar with two of them in the U S so it's, that's kind of a unique piece of equipment to Shatter wow. State. Yeah. So, which it works good when it works, but a couple, you know, summers ago, it didn't work so good. And, yeah. you know, the problems that that causes. <laughs> so, no, and maintenance is a interesting, interesting place because there's, you know, I kind of joke, half the reason I show up every day is just to see what happens next. And I have gotten some phone calls and some stuff walked through the door and it's just like, wow, I never expected that. <laughs> I've always felt that they're they're really dedicated folks too. It's yeah, it's always nice are. to see them, and they're you know always looking happy and always want to help. And mm -hmm. uh, I know was it a year ago, maybe even longer than that, Daniel. We we toured Silas's yard up there. I like to call it the bone yard. Yeah, the at least I think of it that way. And, and uh, you know, just a guy like Silas, who's who's worked here for a really long time, knows so much institutional history. Yeah, and, uh, has seen just like you a lot of changes. It's just cool to talk to him. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's amazing. It was, uh, it is strange because as long as I've worked here in all the buildings and that, every once in a while, I still end up on a place on this campus that I've never been before. Um, we took some tours here and I ended up in a mechanical room in M Hall that I never, I mean, I kind of had an indication it was there, but I had never actually been in that room. So, you know, you kind of get to, realize just how big it, it doesn't seem like we're that big when you drive by on the street but when you really dig into it we're really pretty a large campus mm -hmm. you know that's uh you know of course we're kind of unique too with the tunnels and some of that kind of stuff but it's the tunnels aren't near as much fun as they used to be because you used to be able you could travel anywhere but since we started with the absorption chiller and put the chilled water through the tunnels, it gets pretty tight down there in spots now. <laughs> so, <laughs> now Todd, uh, you're responsible for managing uh, the college's uh, PPP 
PPE inventory. Uh, what's that been like during the pandemic? And, and then has that changed your work much? Has it added a lot to it? Uh, not really. Um, I'll be honest with you. There's, I'm help manage that, but uh, Karma Shevsik, who is a custodial leader, which when I was custodial supervisor, she was she took care of all of our inventory. She does an outstanding job with that. So, I mean, I help her. We bring it in and get the PPE. But, I mean, she keeps, I mean, she keeps like a running total. So um, every week I can report to John Hansen, who's head of the COVID, what we've used, what we've used to date and all that. So I have to give credit where credit's due. She helps me quite a bit with that. So And, she, and, and uh, Karma operates out of Hildreth, right? Yes. Which is kind of a de facto warehouse. Warehouse, for, for yes. maintenance and custodial. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, because all the custodial supplies are stored there as well. So, you know, she's responsible for hand towels and toilet paper and all that, you know, and there's some of that stuff, even when I was running, it's like, there are just certain things here we never want to run out of. So oh, she yeah. does a real good job with that. <laughs> and I'm sure one of them is toilet paper. Exactly right. Yeah, I remember being I up there. I never want for... to have to explain that. <laughs> I remember being up there for a photo shoot, and it was it was the room full of either paper towels or toilet paper. And I thought, yeah, yeah, you kind of do have to have that massive supply. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Todd, you've kind of given us a sense of it, but I was curious if you could Walk us through a normal work day for you, but I'm curious of, of in the before times, pre-pandemic, what was a normal day like, knowing that maybe there's not really a normal day, and then it, now in dealing with the pandemic, what's a normal day like? How does that compare? Well, you know, like before, generally you open up your office, you deal with your messages, read your email, go through the work order system, distribute out the work orders, and then between meetings and going spots on campus of what needs to be looked at or what may need to be addressed or anything. So that's kind of a standard day, um, you know. Then, you know, there's the strange things that happen, like the time the kid hooked the fire sprinkler in high-rise <laughs> on fifth floor and broke that, and we had water cascading down the stairwells and running outside the building, and, I mean, from fifth floor all the way to the basement. And that's, I mean, that's, that's maintenance. I mean, in one instant, you can go from a relatively normal, peaceful day to just everything going crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, with the pandemic. communications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you know, know. With the, the pandemic, originally, it was kind of tough with us because we were putting up a lot of the, you know, the plexiglass sneeze guards and, you know, doing a lot of that. And, you know, you're trying to go in some ways, I guess, kind of blind because you're not truly oh, yeah. knowing where we're going or what it's leading to, you know. Um, it was kind of a panic deal. You know, we wanted to open campus back up and trying to get around this area and find enough plexiglass to make sure we were covered because when we wanted to open up in the fall, you did not want to have to explain why, well, we can't have a class here because, and that all, that all went off, you know, really, really, really well. Um, you know, now... It's, it's kind of, and I don't necessarily like to say it, but it, it's really now that the pandemic, but it's a norm, right? You know, and that, you know, now we could easily adapt back, but, uh, you know, for the maintenance part of it and that, you know, we kind of keep track of, you know, we work when, you know, probably the only thing that we really have is like Eagle Ridge three, which is our quarantine. We keep a close eye there when we can send people in and when we can't just trying to minimize 
because, uh, you know, you look at like the boiler house or maintenance or whatever. If we got like a bunch of guys sick in the boiler house, I've got about three other guys that could fill and back up, you know, and that, but that, that's our heating, that's our cooling, that's our hot water. Um, so we've been really kind of particular about trying to protect those guys and with the maintenance, but like I said, it's work orders keep coming in and we just kind of, it's like a normal everyday thing. Kind of raises now. a question for me of, are there things that you anticipate, uh, changes that have been made as a result of the pandemic that would remain in place uh, once we get back to normal? Well, you know, I, I, I really don't know. That's a tough call. I could see some of the, you know, the plastic barriers staying in place. Yeah. I'd like to see them come down. I don't, you know as far as the aesthetic value and it takes away a personal, which I think CSC does a good job of, you know, more of a a personal feel than what you get at a lot of other schools. I think a lot of people understand that, but, um, you know, I think, you know, we'll, with our supplies and stuff like that, um, I think we'll probably work, have more and keep stuff like that on hand. I, I hope we never have to go through anything like this again, but I think there's a possibility that, again, something down the road will trigger something similar. And like I said, you know, hope it doesn't, but it'd be a whole lot better for, we'll be better prepared now that we've been through it one time. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I mean, for us, we could revert back to okay. what was considered norm with relative ease, I think. Is there kind of an off season, you know, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking of of stuff for for the grounds crew and and maintenance outside, like, uh, you know, spring, summer, mowing lawns, and then winter, maybe shoveling and and removing snow. But is there, is it pretty steady the entire year? It really is. And, you know, when I first came to work here and I was running around on a mower in the summer, this place was pretty quiet and like a park, you know? Um, we had some small football camps and stuff like that, but as that has evolved, um, you know, in a lot of ways, summer's almost busier now than what the school year is. And I think there's all the things we want to accomplish, but we continually get pinched tighter and tighter for mm-hmm. a time span, you know, when we can get stuff done. I mean, you know, I look, uh, you know, the years when Danny Woodhead was here and, you know, we were running for national championship, you know, the football camps. I can remember one football camp up there on the practice field. This might be a slight exaggeration, but you could have almost walked across that whole thing on football helmets and never touched the ground. It, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. We had, we had to bring in extra, an extra reefer trailer for the cafeteria because we didn't have the storage capacity for enough food to feed all those people. Wow. So, and I think that one camp, if I remember right, was close to 1,200 people. Wow. Which most of ours now run anywhere from three to 500. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was quite a, quite a shock no to, doubt. you know, and, but times have changed too. You know, you look, smaller schools are consolidating, you know, and all that kind of stuff too. So you just don't have quite as many people doing it either. Mm-hmm. But... You know, Daniel, Todd never mentioned one of his other unofficial duties is the campus snake wrangler. That's right. <laughs> he is. <laughs> so anyone listening to this on campus, yeah. if you see a snake, call Todd. He'll come take care of it for you. Yep. Uh, snakes, bats. Uh, we just have gone through and 
done a, we've been doing cat trapping as well, which has actually turned out really well. Um, you know, I'm sure if you were around the pack or some of those areas you saw, mm-hmm. um, we've caught them alive and we found them a really nice farm to live on south of Hay Springs. And, uh, you know, for the cat's sake, and that is a better, better yeah. situation. But yeah, it's, um, you know, we had a muskrat a year ago trying to get in Hildreth. So, <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, he was out there scratching on the doors and trying to get in there. Um, yeah, snakes, bats. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's been all sorts of arrays. Well, and isn't stuff. that the isn't that the story? One of the, the high rise elevator. Why it quit one summer? A snake got, or was it a score? Some some animal got stuck in some transformer. Oh, well, that was the transformer over by the uh, bull snake. There was a bird's nest, and the snake was crawling up there after the bird's nest and crossed the wrong wires, and <laughs> he got cooked and killed the power and. <laughs> How long ago was that? It feels like it wasn't. <laughs> I would say only yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say that was probably at least seven or eight years ago. I think it was. That sounds. Yeah, right. that's somewhere in that. It looms larger in my memory just because it was. <laughs> that was an extended outage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that us and that substation over there. We've done a few rounds. I was there one just day. Put a dome over it. We should <laughs> because there was one day we had a really bad lightning storm and it popped and threw something over there and uh, we were over by that and it's like. Yeah, you know when your hair kind of starts to stand up on your neck, it's like, I think it's just time to go now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Todd, what, finally, uh, what, what are some things you enjoy outside of work? I, I know, obviously, you have a fondness for, for wild critters, but uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. <laughs> oh, hunting, um, fishing. Uh, and my wife and I, since all of our kids are kind of grown and gone now, we're actually getting to travel a little, uh, you know, Last year, we took a trip and went over to Lander, got to see Sinks Canyon, which if you get a chance to get there, see that. But then the next day, we spent an entire day in the Red Desert, mm-hmm. you know, southwest of Lander. And I mean, that was really, you know, I think the whole day we only saw three other people. But, wow. um, you know, you got to see wild horses and explore. And so, you know, we're spending some more time doing that. And But yeah, hunting and fishing, hiking. Um, oh, there's a lot of, lot of opportunities for that around here. Yes, there is. All the fresh air. Uh, so Todd, we've come to the portion of our show for some quick hitting questions. Okay. Uh, first thing that comes to your mind, uh, a favorite movie of yours? Uh, the Mountain Men. All right. With Charlton Heston and Brian Keith. Okay. It's an old one, but a goodie. There you yeah, go. Nice. Okay. Uh, what's a hidden talent of yours, Todd? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know if I really have one. Maybe it was collecting snakes. <laughs> it might be. We <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> no, I can't think of anything offhand. All right. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you received as a college student? You know, something, and I've, I've tried to tell my kids that. And, of course, tell the, you know, like we get a lot of work studies at work up through yeah. there, which is, it's a lot of fun, you know, to watch them kind of grow and that. But. You know, I know they come to school with an idea of this is what I want to do. Now, there are certain people that, yes, that goes. But if you think you have an idea, don't get so concentrated on that, that you may not, that you might miss an outstanding opportunity that's staring you right in the face that could lead you down a different path in life. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen, you know, with some of our students. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, it is good to be focused in that, but, you know, don't, don't pass up an opportunity that might, might be just a thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. Todd, what's a favorite place on campus for you? To be honest with you, um, I like up around the rangeland, either in that glass bump out or, you know, up there in the parking lot. I, the views are spectacular up there. When you get a good clear day, you yep. can really see a lot of stuff. Oh, I would agree with that. I've gotten some good sunset shots up there, too. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's new enough from a promotional standpoint. It's new enough that it's a different angle for us to use. But I've gotten some personal shots up there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and when we have... We have guys come in early to spray weeds and, you know, do some ice removal and that. Uh, I notice I'll get a lot of pictures on my phone early. They'll be up around there doing something and yeah. catch a good sunrise. And I always get some of those pictures too, so. Yeah, that, that, I'm glad you mentioned that area because it's a, it's a, it seems to be, have become a talking point for when uh, kind of dignitaries or lawmakers or whoever visits campus. When, when I take on tours, um I always tell them that the, the range center is roughly equivalent to the 10th floor of high rise. And that just blows people away that there's that much change in terrain on our campus, but it's really unique. It is. And it's like, if you ever watch close, when you come down from the state line, coming back from South Dakota, I mean, yep. you can see the arena from up there. Yeah. And it's, then, it's so bright when the sun it hits is. it the right way. Yeah. And you know, it always used to be high rise that stuck out, but this kind of dwarfs high rise from that distance when you're yeah, looking it at does, it. It does. It really does. So I figured that the when they enclose the swimming pool because that's got a a, a white uh, shell on it too, but it doesn't reflect the sun as strongly as our rangeland roof does. Nope. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, so Todd, the final question for you: What word comes to mind when you think of Shadron State? The college itself. I think it's more like I guess I'd say hometown. All right. Um, I mean, it's, it's a hometown feel. I mean, Shadron's not too big. You know, I, like I said, I tried one year at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and did well there, but no one cared to know your name. Back then, in those days, the only thing you knew your name by was your Social Security number. That's all they ever asked you wherever you went. So mm -hmm. um, just more of a hometown feel here, I think. That's great. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad we've gotten away from social security numbers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Never quite felt comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, though. Back then, you know, like when you went to register and stuff like that for classes, you stood in the big long line, and everybody, oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, and you said it out loud, Yeah. you know, and there was no real, uh, it's hard to believe where the world has come to. You now. were practically encouraged to carry it with yeah. you. Yeah could carry your car and now they're like put it in a locked safe and never yes. look at it again and yeah it's yeah. it was crazy because that's mm -hmm. like i said whether it's financial aid or registering for classes or whatever they never ask you your name they just wanted your social security number well, Todd, it's always a pleasure talking with you. We, we, we always get a, a new perspective, and we, we usually learn something from it, too. So I always appreciate that. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show with us. Uh, appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. 